another episode of we did that shit podcast where we talk about who did some shit what we learned from shit and how we got through some shit i'm maya and i'm the b podcast family we appreciate you and we hope your week was the shit if this is your first time tuning in welcome if you enjoy our company please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform We're on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Hey, girl. Oh, hey. Last week, I sound so damn dry. But, I, you know, just like I I kept telling people on Twitter, I don't have it in me every week. But this week, I figured I'd be like, hey. Hey. What's going, going on? I know, right? This is the way to be. <laughs> what's going on with you? Yeah, life. Life is what's going on with me. Life. I am. You like? How was your week? My week was mad stressful. Um, good thing I don't look like what I'm going through. I ain't into that. I'm telling you. Because if I did, I would be looking a hot ass, goofy ass mess. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm I'm trying to keep myself together and keep my look up. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'll put a little rouge on my lips, a little blush on my face. Mm-hmm. You know, try to do something because let me tell you, I feel like I'm walking around looking like a damn zombie. My ass is tired. But my week was my week wasn't good. But in spite of all that's going on. We move forward. So I don't know. I don't really know how my week was. Did you work out this week at all? No, I didn't. And no, I did not. And as much as I hate to admit this, and as much as I hate working out, like I absolutely hate working out when I'm doing it. I miss working out. What? I do. I miss working out. And I don't I don't think that working out makes me feel like less stressed. How people be like, oh, I go work out and then I feel less stress. The only thing working out does for me as far as stress is concerned is for the hour, it takes my mind off of what I'm going through because I'm thinking about the pain that I'm going through when I'm working out. So I don't have time to think about much else because I'm like, just get through it. Like I have to pet talk myself through the warm-up. You know, through the workout, through the end, mm-hmm. I have to pep talk myself like you only got five more. Just do it, bitch. Just do it. That's what I say to myself when I'm working out. But yeah, I, I actually miss it. And I, I just miss the because I feel like when I don't do it, I feel bigger than I am. You know what I'm saying? Because at least when I'm working out, I can kind of justify some things like, all right, well, you sweat it, you know, you you breathing heavy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're doing something, but when you don't do nothing, it's just like, so I, I really, I can't wait to get back to it. And now when that's going to be, 
I don't know, but I, I kind of can't wait to get back into it. Now, you'll hear me on the next couple of recordings when I get back into it saying it's bullshit. I hate working out. But for, for right now, you know, I miss it. How about you? How was your week? My week was uneventful, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, same shit, different me. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, a meeting at work, held it together. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm still working on my next step. They're making a lot of progress at home, and um, I'm just looking forward to what the future holds. And when I say future, I mean like in the next six months. I'm working on some things. What you working on? So, well, you know, I want to. I gave myself an outdate for my job, mm-hmm. and I have a nonprofit and I have a business, and mm-hmm. I want to you know, get a little more serious about it so that I don't have to be confined to a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I did that this week. Also this week, I took Jiggy to see a psychiatrist. Okay. And um, it went well. First of all, I was very excited that he got up and wet because mm-hmm. it was in the morning. And um, she comes to my job once a week and she's always been very helpful when I told her I had a son with autism. And she's always been very helpful trying to find programs and things like that. But one of the struggles that we have is there are not a lot of programs for adults with autism that still have, like, behaviors. And mm-hmm. not that Jiggy has a behavior. He's just not very social. You know what I mean? So he doesn't leave the house often unless one of his chicks want to go out or something like that, you know. I did, did, go ahead, because I, I, I have something to say about that. About what? Because you said no, not about his chicks. We uh, know how that goes. <laughs> I'm, I mean, when you said they don't have a lot of programs for people that have the behaviors, like what do they think they're going to grow out of the behaviors? That's and I mean, saying. I know some people do. You know, they they grow out of some things, but you don't grow out of autism because right. if that's the case, you know, everybody would be. So it's like, what you mean? Oh, because they don't grow out of their behaviors, like. What does that mean? Right. I don't know if they don't think that behavior modification works with an older person or, you know, as they get older. I don't know what the problem is, but Xavier and other classmates that he graduated with and stuff, you know, because I still keep in contact with some of the parents and we're all looking for places for our children to go. It's really, you know. It's rough. It's a shame the way that they do the handicap. And I know that we talked about exploring that on the podcast one day. And that's going to be good because the way that they do the handicap is ridiculous, especially adults with handicaps. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't get it because I'm like, if if my kid has a handicap at two, Mm they're going to have it at 12. They're right. going to have it at 22. Right. They're going to have it at 52. Right. So I don't understand the whole notion of adults can't get help. I just don't. Right. It, it's very frustrating. But I was speaking to another psychiatrist and um, other parents, and they always say that every 10 years or so, you should they should get a psych evaluation because you want to make sure that, first of all, 
schizophrenia has a late onset 18 mm -hmm. 19 mm -hmm. 20 so um it has a late onset and a lot of times people with autism when their anxiety gets high they rehearse things in their head to calm them down so you might mm -hmm. not see them repeating things or you know they may do something that's hardly noticeable and and xavier does that when he's out he mm -hmm. you know fidgets with his thumb or something like that just to calm himself down and so they say they should get an evaluation just to make sure that there is no background or underlying psychosis or mental illness so i told the doctor i said i don't think he'll have a problem coming because she's pretty you know and i said once he sees you he'll talk you know yeah you and know he how had... he about a pretty woman <laughs> So he had, and I mean, he was, he walked through the office, he was shaking all the girls' hands and all that, like, you know, how you doing? So she had a nice conversation with him. She really enjoyed it. And she was like, well, there's nothing wrong with him. He just has autism. So, um, and another barrier with Xavier is that Xavier does not accept, or you can't talk about it with him because he doesn't accept the fact that he's autistic. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, what do you mean? You know, ain't nothing wrong with me. Like, leave me alone, you know? Mm -hmm. So at least I know that there's nothing else going on. He's never taken medicine ever in his life. He doesn't need any medicine. So I said after we left, you know, I sent you the text to let you mm -hmm. know what happened and everything. And how many days ago was that? I don't know, like three. Three days ago. Yeah, four, so three, his dad just texted me back today. Um, okay. You know, I and said what? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just reply to the text, period. Because right. I know as soon as you sent it to me, I said, well, what do they think that we should do? Like, <laughs> right. what's going on? Like, we're, we're, all right, what's the next step? This right. now what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Am I his daddy? I was just like, and you know what? I just was looking at the text, and um, I don't know what goes on in his mind. I don't want to speak for him, but I know a lot of men that have children with special needs, sometimes they're embarrassed or they think it's something that they did or and I'm not making excuses for him. I don't know what his problem is. Please don't. But because he can. Off. Right. Well, the good news is that Xavier needs both his parents, you know, and it's not too late and there's still stuff that he can do. If yeah, but you got to be willing, exactly, right, you have to be willing to, so, because that ain't got nothing to do. First of all, let me just say this. I know that it's a difference if a person has special needs, you know, that a parent goes through. I'm sure that it's different, you know, phases of it that you go through, even you as his mother. You know what I'm saying? But if you're a deadbeat parent, your ass is a deadbeat parent, no matter if your kids got special needs or not. And that just it that's just the true tea of it. Ninja, you a deadbeat because him have he 25 years old he didn't been had special needs you should be over the hump and you know what i mean like you should be over the hump of damn my kid got special needs now what what do i do was it something that i did wrong then you should have been going through that at five yeah it's it's okay. it come on now <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i ugh, that i don't you know, because so, like, but you know what? Be positive and nice, like you are. It's not even about being positive or nice. It's just that me dwelling on that and trying to fix it doesn't do anything for Xavier. Right. Well, you, you know, don't need to try to fix that because you or can't. trying to understand it or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just don't. Entertain Again, he's twenty five. I mean, exactly. you know. if you do something wonderful, you know, it's not like Xavier doesn't have a need. That's all I'm saying. 
So, you know, I hope it works out. And then another thing is that, you know, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Right. Like, I'm fat as hell. Me too. Okay. And I'm like, look, this is it. I'm Don't ask me to go to lunch. What's for lunch? Yeah, no. Like, I'm two shakes and a light meal until we go to Essence. Because this is ridiculous. I can't even hardly fit my clothes. Me either. I, no, this is, and I was like, and so my coworkers was like, what if you get asked out on a date? I was like, then we going to Home Depot. We going to take a class. <laughs> and there's other things you could do on and a besides date besides eat. eat. That's right. So if you ever wanted to take me out, this is your opportunity because we not going to Del Frisco's, okay? I am right. not going to We could take a long walk in the park. Right. Right. And you well, only she- have to pack a picnic. I'll bring my own shake. B-Y-O-S. Right. <laughs> stress is definitely making me keep weight. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even about eating. It's stress, 100%. But it is what it is because the stress, I'm dealing with it. I wish I was one of them kind of people who stressed and lost weight. I would be doing it the hell up. Let me tell you, I was no, smiling hard. Every time somebody lose weight, the first thing out your mouth is, they smoking crack. And that's they what everybody sick. be saying about you. Yeah. Well, then they could say it. At this point, <laughs> at, at this point, let me tell you something. At the point that I am now, a rock don't look that bad. You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> if, if I didn't have to go through the life of an addict <sighs> after you get the rock, I, I, I might think of that too. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Every time somebody lose weight, I'll be like, oh, every time, <laughs> every time. First they sick, then they smoking crack. Well, first every of all, let, let me just say on my behalf, a lot of the times ninjas be sick. That's all I'm saying. Now, because you got a sick look. It's a different look when you sick or when you smoking crack than it is if you just dropping weight. And it's a difference between dropping weight naturally and being stressed out and dropping weight because you get the stress look. And at this, where I'm at right now, I will take the stress look. I'm, I'm just being real. I feel like Frank, when, when he was like, when I had uh, the double pneumonia, he was like, you one more pneumonia away from your goal weight. Not like, might die, but don't worry about it. If you get one more, your no goal fat. weight will be right there. Well, I'm telling you, I am, you know, I don't feel any kind of way about it. I'm not harping on it. I'm not complaining about it. It's I'm to the point now where I'm either going to do something about it or I'm going to shut up. I'm very happy that they opened my side of the bridge back up on Tuesday. They had a big ribbon cutting. So I'm going out there tomorrow. It's not supposed to rain. I can do the bridge and then do the waterfront. Then back it up over, back over the bridge. You know, I might have to do some two-a-days with two shakes and a light meal because something's got to give. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to fit my clothes. I have a lot of clothes. Mm-hmm. And some of those dresses I really like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready to not fit my clothes. I'm not. And as a FYI, since we're talking about it, if I don't lose weight by the time we go to Essence, even if it's two pounds, it won't be no pictures. Now, people barely see my pictures now. You know, it's not like I post all the time like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that when I'm when I'm away. But you won't be seeing any pictures. And I don't want to take no pictures either. We won't be commemorating that moment. Mm-mm-mm. That's funny. <laughs> so who did some shit this week? Who did this, do some shit this week? 
Oh, yeah? I've been out of it. I'm sorry. I've been out of it for about a good week and a half. So I haven't been paying attention to the world. So so let me ask you, who did some shit this week? Um, so I want to talk about, I just want to, I have to bring him up. Cadet Christopher Morgan, 22 years old, from West Orange, New Jersey. He was a senior at the West Point Military Academy. And he was killed yesterday during a senior training mission. Wow. Where uh, their vehicle that they were in, which was a service vehicle, overturned. He succumbed to his injuries. 20 other cadets were injured. And two soldiers were also injured in this accident. Mm. And um, I just wanted to make mention of that. It's, it's First of all, parents don't send their children to college to be killed. Right. Or, I mean, or, you know, you don't want anything to happen. And what an accomplishment. It's very difficult to get into West Point, even more difficult when you're a minority. And this gentleman made it. He made it in, and he was a senior, so he made it through. And to be met with this horrible fate, you know, just prayers for the family, you know, comfort to the family. And even his city, his high school classmates, you know, I'm sure people really looked up to him mm-hmm. and, and what he was able to accomplish. And um, I was speaking to a doctor friend of mine, and he was saying that, unfortunately, these kind of accidents happen a lot in the military. And he said, this is only on the news because it was West Point. West Point. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know a lot of families suffer these tragedies and, you know, prayers for you as well. But I wanted to mention Christopher Morgan, 22 years old from West Orange, New Jersey, was a senior at West Point Military Academy. And he was killed in a training accident on yesterday. Oh, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace to him. And like you said, comfort to his family. I was reading the, um, I actually was out to lunch with a coworker and then I saw it on TV and I was thinking to myself, the first thing that popped into my head was like, you said, wow, he made it to West Point. But then also I was like, I wonder if families prepare themselves for death when their family goes to the military. Because to me, that's what I think of. I, I Because, you know, things can happen in the line of duty. You know, you never think it's going to happen when you're at school, as you stated. It's just like when people send their kids to colleges and then you hear the mass shootings and stuff like that. It's like you send your children, right. you know, or wherever you send them, you know, go to the movies and then it's mass shootings, go to a concert, mass shootings. You know, it's like you said, you don't think that it's going to happen. However, to me, that was just the thing that popped into my head. I was like, wow, the military, because anything can happen and anything can happen anytime. But I think that like, when I think military, I think war, even though you don't always go to the war when you get into the military, but that's just what I think of. So I'm always like, oh man, you're going to the military because that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Something can happen to you because you'll go to war. But, um, yeah, it was, it's a sad thing. And, and he was from New Jersey Wow. Yeah, condolences. Yes. So, another who did some shit is your boy. Who? Do the right thing. Spike Lee. Absolutely. So, Spike Lee is calling for a Hollywood shutdown in Georgia. 
Mm-hmm. And he wants to do this in protest of the new abortion laws that were passed. So he's saying that we there should be no more production going on because, you know, Atlanta is like a little, little black Hollywood. Yes, it is. Now, you know, so and he's saying that we need to shut all these things down to let Georgia know that this is not acceptable your infringement on people's rights and choices over their bodies. Mm-hmm. So how well do you think that's going to go over? Um, I don't think that it's going to go over well. I wish that it would, you know, but then you're talking about people's livelihoods and that's the problem. When you talk about money being involved in something, it never goes over well because if they stop all production or they don't give Georgia you know, just because it's happening in Georgia, it's like to get up and relocate to New Jersey uh, to start filming things. You don't want to come here. Well, no matter if you come here or if you go somewhere else, the point is, is that relocating your whole, like Tyler Perry, you know, he employs a lot of people at that studio. And for him to take up and move that whole studio to New Jersey, how much do you think that that would cost? And, And again, in theory, it's a great, concept but i don't know if it's going to go over well or at all you know what i'm saying i think that you can protest in different ways because it's a catch-22 with that while you're giving georgia the money because you're filming there you're also taking money out of the actors the actresses the production people the assistant you know the cameraman and most of whom are people of color you're taking money out of their pocket too so it's like i i don't know i just think you can protest in other ways and i don't know what those other ways may be but i just don't feel like that's the way i agree in that i don't think it'll go over well and i really wish it would because sometimes things come about by sacrifice Mm -hmm. and it just seems that we are past the times of sit-ins march-ins and sacrifice People don't want to, not only do they not sacrifice their time and their money, people don't want to sacrifice their luxuries, their freedoms, their options. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really a shame. But until we realize that nothing easily acquired is worth having, and what do you say all the time? Stand for something or you fall for anything. Mm-hmm. Until we realize that we can't just sit quietly and allow things to happen. Things are going to keep happening. Um, so I really do applaud his effort to try to do something. I hope that people will come together and maybe come up with something that may be effective. Mm-hmm. And he can certainly not film produce, in Georgia, film in produce, Georgia mm-hmm. produce in Georgia. Also, because who Ray Charles, mm-hmm. before, before Ray Charles um, recorded Georgia on my mind. That was when he went back to Georgia because he said he would never perform there again because of the segregation and the horrible racial divides and how black people were treated. And he didn't go to Georgia for years until someone from the state reached out. And then that's when he wrote and performed and produced Georgia on my mind yeah. um, after he came back. So, you know, he had to take a stand. So do what you feel it's in your heart to do. Mm-hmm. So I applaud Spike Lee for that. Me too. Let's follow that and see what happens with that. Okay. And the last thing, (laughs) I don't even know how I feel about this. 
So there is a straight pride parade tentatively scheduled to happen in Boston on August 31st. So pride enthusiasts were looking for the mayor and other city officials to shut it down, to say that you could not have this straight pride parade. What is straight pride? You know, why are you having this? But the mayor said he will absolutely not, and he cannot. They have a right to have a parade just as well as gay pride has a right to have a parade, and he will not shut it down. I agree with him. I wouldn't shut it down either because now I'm I'm thinking, like, why would you ask him to shut it down? You don't want them protesting the fact that you're having a parade and they allow you to have a parade as a person um, that's in the LGBTQ community, then why would it affect you if somebody else was having a parade? Even if they called you straight pride or whatever. I mean, maybe that, that's what they're pro, um, protesting that is called straight pride. So it's like a, a a derogatory thing toward people that celebrate pride. But other than that, you can't ask somebody to shut something down if they allow you to have it too. I agree. I agree. But I look at it like this. First of all... And it's stupid that what they trying to do, but that's neither here nor right, there. Right. And and I'm straight, and I think it's a little weird. You it's know? goofy, because like, what <laughs> what do you care? But it goes... Just, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, because I'm going to let you finish your thought, but it goes to what I always say. What the hell do you care what somebody is doing in their own personal life? Like, why do you feel the need to say, oh, they having this, I'm tired of the LGBTQ agenda, I'm going to have this. What the hell is it going to do because if it's the lgbtq agenda it's still going to be after your straight pride freaking like i just don't get that that sound that just sounds dumb to me well i think i i do hear people say that um they're trying to shove the lb lgbtq plus agenda down our throats and i hear people say that they're tired of hearing about LGBTQ plus and all those things and I kind of understand where they're coming from I think the point is people minorities in any kind of way the handicapped uh, racial minorities ethnic minorities uh, sexual orientation minorities people just don't want to be discriminated against period and and, and and that's really the bulk of the issue people want to be able to live their life respect mankind and you're afraid of of a homosexual Mm -hmm. i don't want to not get the job because i have brown skin i don't want so people just don't want to be discriminated against however and however i think that this almost makes a mockery of what they're trying to do for example we have the black lives matter we wouldn't have black lives matter if it wasn't necessary exactly you know so we have Black Lives Matter, then what happens? Blue Lives Matter. First of all, nobody is blue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you wear a uniform, you may wear a uniform, and all the uniforms are not even blue. Mm-hmm. Some of them are black. So anyway, you know, but I just think it kind of diminishes what they're... It's really unnecessary. If you want to have a parade, have a parade. That's my it's point. really unnecessary. That's my point. Straight pride. Who's ever been proud of being straight? 
Yeah, it just is what it is. Just like if I was gay, it is what it is because that's just who I am, you know, and it is what it is. But I I just think it's it's just asinine. And it's not going... And the thing is, is that usually people have parades to make a stand to be to celebrate something, right? What the hell, what is it going to do? That's the point, because it's not, this, this, in this instance, this is not about a celebration. (laughs) You know, it's not about celebrating anything. It's basically like you're taking a stand, like, oh, if you can celebrate, if you could do this, we can do this too. What, what is it going to accomplish? I don't understand. It's going to be a PDA parade. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody just gonna be hugging and kissing on Yeah, walking around like, yeah, this is the way that it should be. Like, ah. You know, I don't know. So that was that. And that's taking place in Boston. But I just wanted to bring that up because I just think that, you know, regardless of how you feel about LGBTQ plus uh, straight pride, yeah, I don't think that's the answer. Right. <laughs> that's just me. Right. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? This week, I thought that we should talk about travel. Woo, woo. One of my favorite things. We do it so much. So why not just hop into it and just talk about um, some things about travel? I know that we talked about it earlier in the week because we have some trips coming up. Um, okay. we're going to New Orleans and then we're going on our family cruise and it just got us to talking about our uh, favorite places and some things that we experienced, um, when we travel. So you had some questions, so let's get into them. So the first question is Maya, what was your favorite city that you traveled to? Is this like a broad or just in the foreign, United States? Foreign or domestic. What was the favorite, your favorite city? Oh my goodness. I would say my favorite city to to visit is probably New Orleans. Why so? Uh, why so? <laughs> You're so funny. Um, <laughs> you know why? Because I think that New Orleans is one of those type of cities that you can always have a good time. Mm. Like you can go to New Orleans on a Tuesday and have a good time. And right. you can just just on a whim, just say, you know what? Today I feel like some uh, charboiled oysters and I'm going to go to New Orleans. Mm. Now, not that I had the, the, the funds to just be like, I feel like some oysters. I'm going to go to New Orleans because that was the case. I would be in New Orleans every other week. Um, but again, you could go to New Orleans on a Tuesday or you can go there for something specific. Like we go for Essence. You know, you could just always have a good time. I think the people are friendly. Yeah. Um, the food is delicious. delicious. You know, uh, the, the culture, the music, you know, I'm a big music person. So the music, the live instrumentation that you experience when you go there and just like the culture in general of New Orleans, from when they have a funeral to a wedding to just mm-hmm. everything and the way that they do it. And it's so different to me. Every place is different, right? But I feel like New Orleans is one of them just standalone type of places. Like, we do this. And, you know, and I think some of the things that they do, like I said, from their weddings to their funerals, they don't do in other places. Right, right. And just to be able to experience it, I it just it's just always a good time. How about you? What's your favorite place to visit? I don't know. You got me all up in New Orleans right now. <laughs> I, just, I feel like check, 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 check. Because um, I do absolutely love New Orleans. But New Orleans has one drawback. 
Which is... And I just experienced it maybe last year or the year before that when, you know, we went to bed and I had an early flight and I had to leave at like four o'clock in the morning and head to the airport. And I walked outside and I couldn't breathe. Right. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And my friend took me to the airport and he was like, welcome to New Orleans. Baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this? I never noticed the humidity. Like, you know, because even here when it's summertime and it's hot and we have humidity, if you get up at four o'clock in the morning, you can breathe and go yeah. outside. Like right. you can breathe. You know, I'm like, good gravy. What is going on? Like, I was like, get in the car, turn on the air. I was like right. your mom with the air. <laughs> it ain't a place. It's not a place where you can just be like, I'm going to open the window. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah. And that, to me, you know, it is a great city. The food is great. The people are 10 shades of wonderful. I really, really love it. But one of my favorite cities is definitely Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Barcelona was a nice time. I love Barcelona. It's a, a great culture. It's a party atmosphere. The food is also good. It's easy to get around. There's a lot of things to do. There's great history. Yeah, like the street. It, it It's like a Spanish New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minus the humidity. So I really, really, Barcelona really is hands down one of my favorite, favorite cities. Nice. So what was the most surprising thing you've seen or done on a vacation? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You kind of stumped me with that one. Oh, I would say that the, uh, wait, that I did on a vacation? Well, yeah, the most surprising thing that I did on a vacation was climb a mountain. Table Mountain? Table Mountain in South Africa by far was one of the most surprising things that I've ever done. First of all, I'm not really, you know, I listen, I'm not really an adventurous type of person. Um, I'm adventurous to a certain degree, you know. I I I'll, I'm not adventurous like, oh, let's go freaking climb the Great Wall of China. I mean, you don't climb the Great Wall of China, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not really just, I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, I'm really like the outdoors like that. I would much rather be in the air condition. You know, I don't really, I don't like animals. I don't like the wilderness. You know, I'm not into it. And I do these things though. So when they told us that we was going to visit Table Mountain, which is the highest mountain in South Africa in Cape Town, I was like, oh, all right, like we're going to visit. Right. You know, I'm thinking we're going to go, we're going to look at the mountain. Oh my God, look at that, you know. Right. So they have cable carts that go up. And I was like, all right, so we're going to go to the top. I ain't really into heights, but cool, let's do it. We in Africa. When is the next time I'm going to be here? It ain't going to be tomorrow, so let's do it. Then they said, oh, we're climbing the mountain. Mm. And I'm like, climbing the mountain? The highest mountain in South Africa? Mm. You want me to scale the mountain? It's not but, really scaling, Maya. Not like Mount Everest. They, it's first like, of all, you got to step over the steps, boulders. But I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I, I, to me, it was like Mount Everest. I was like, <laughs> we are going to be out here. We don't have no backpacks. I don't have no water. We ain't have nothing. We was just like, oh, we going, we going to climb the mountain. First of all, I wasn't physically fit. It just was a lot going on. Mm. I was the last person, like of all the people 
on the whole, like the whole mountain. I was literally the last person that got up there. Like, but you did it. It was sunny when we started out, <laughs> and it was the sun was setting by the time I got to the top of the mountain. But it was the greatest accomplishment that I have ever experienced in my life. So that was, yeah, a thing I did on vacation. And I was like, what the hell? How about you? Kudos to you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You did that shit. I don't care I, how long it took you. Let me tell you something. It, it, that's that the shit. true definition of you did that shit. Exactly. You moving that refrigerator and me climbing <laughs> that mountain. That's the true definition of why we call our podcast We Did That Shit. That's right. Because I got in that cable car. Okay. <laughs> With panoramic views. <laughs> I was right up at the top. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, here they come. And this is the thing. When you, um, now I have started the mountain and then go down and stuff like that. So I know the big boulder. And I knew I wasn't going to do the whole thing. I absolutely positively knew I wasn't. But this is what kills me the people the joggers that go there like every day they zoom past you you go five more steps they went up the mountain and they coming back down coming back down first of all it was kids (laughs) little kids that was passing me and talking to me they were like oh where are you from i was like new jersey they were cheering me on at this one family they stopped their (laughs) climb and said here we have these little, it was like a little gummy and it was like a kind of like a boost, like an energy boost, like a five hour. I, it could, they could have been giving me heroin. I was like, yeah, <laughs> give it to me. I'll take it and ate it. I don't know these people. I've never seen these people in my life and they're giving me something to put in my mouth. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. you know, I will take anything right about now. Your water bottle be empty. You put it in the pond. Be drinking the pond it was, water. Water yep. coming from the side of the mountain, and, and I opened my mouth it. underneath right. it. Like <laughs> it was, it, I, I'm yeah. telling you one thing. I tell you this though: if I ever go back, I ain't climbing that damn mountain. Get up in that cable car, girl, for exactly. a sec. So, what was your? What, what, how about you? What was yours? So the most surprising thing I did was also in Africa, but it was in Botswana. So I had, um, you know, I was there working. And I was going to be there. I was there for two months. And um, I had one of the people that was in the group that we were working with. She was, we were working in the capital city. So they were representative of the whole country. So they brought them into the capital city for the training. And I had been hanging out with her on the weekend. You know, we mm-hmm. were like the same age. You know, she had a daughter and everything. And so I was like, oh, well, what? she was, she was so excited. So my African friends, they called me Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, oh, Bobby, I am so excited. This weekend, I have to go to the kettle post. I was like, oh, okay. You know, like I'm thinking that we're going to an event, you know. And she was like, oh, no, no. She, I asked her, I said, so what are we doing this weekend? She says, oh, Bobby, we have to, I have to go home. I'm sorry. It is my turn at the kettle post. And I was like, oh, well, you know. I'm thinking it's something, you know. I was like, oh, no problem. And she's like, you can go. And I was like, okay. Because I really didn't know what I was okaying. Mm-hmm, so, right. <laughs> so, of course, like, so she lives in, her town is like, it was like a four-hour bus ride. The like, public bus, Greyhound or whatever. Mm-hmm. Botswana Trailways, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> so it was like a four-hour bus ride from the capital city to her village. Francis town and then she had to go to the cattle post and it's where you know cattle is money mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. currency 
So, um, and then the family, her, her and her brothers, sisters, they take turns, you know, going to the cattle post, cleaning up, minding the cattle, do whatever you have to do. Okay. Like, I didn't know, like, I thought you go there, you do your work, and you go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then maybe you got a little bit more to do on Sunday. You know, kind of like the 12 they move, but in two days or something right. like that. But, yeah, no, they stay there. Um, yeah, with the pit latrines and, um, you know. Like spend the night? Yeah. Because mm. some people's catapults is not, like, right near their house near their land or something right yeah yeah that was an adventure that i will never do again <laughs> ever because you know I'm so not you were sleeping to... outside with the cattle no it wasn't outside but it was like you know it was a building some cement boulders and some wood and stuff mm-hmm. it, you know what i was a little younger than adventurous you, you know i i wouldn't do it again right you know but that that was I was surprised that I did it. Like I was ready to call Uber. Like I, <laughs> I gotta I, go. I need to come pick me up. Like <laughs> I'm at really the cattle not. post on 73rd. Yeah, that's, that's really not working for me. Congratulations to your family with all these cattle. Right. But, <laughs> you are rich in spirit go. and rich in money, but yeah. cattle post 73 ain't for me. It's not for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is like you stink. You still, you know what I mean? Like everything is just stink. And yeah, I can imagine yeah. cattle outside. It's sleeping yeah. in the zoo. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Well, good for you. Yeah. You did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Smelling like cattle and all. Mm-hmm. So when you travel, Maya, to a foreign country, well, not even because there are some places that you can go in the United States too. How long does it take you to pick up on the language? No, I'm not like you. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I um, am not, you know, picking up the language. So I can't say how long does it take me to pick up the language. I I'm never thinking about picking up on the language. And that would be a good time. All of the places that I've been to pick up something, you know, I could come back hey. here and be a smarty the ass. But no, <laughs> I, I, I ain't even thinking about it. You know- you, I don't know if I ever paid any mind. Like, you don't say, like, hola or como esta or anything? I mean, I know it, but I usually don't. To me, I think that, like, when we travel and you say hello to, because you know hello in damn near every language. When you're like, oh, where are you from? And then they're like, Indonesia. East Jibut, and you're right. like, oh, you know, <laughs> and you say hello to them. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, you know. To me, that's cool. That that part is cool, right? But I always felt like, you know how I feel about, like, when I'm at work, you know, mm-hmm. people have accents and things like that, and I can't stand to be like, what you say? What right. you say? I don't like mm-hmm. that, right? I just feel like it is, even though, like, sometimes you need to say, can you repeat yourself? Right. But I just don't like it. So, to me, I feel like if I go somewhere and it's Spanish-speaking and I don't really know Spanish and I'm all like, como esta? It just feels slightly, like, not disrespectful, but just, like, what is the word that I'm looking for? I don't know, because I think it's the total opposite of disrespectful because even if you don't um enunciate correctly or if you struggle if you understand some of the language let's just say spanish for instance 
the people are so appreciative that you tried. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. But they to are. me, I don't, I don't, you know I don't, know. I just don't, I just don't look at it that way. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be like something, and then I don't really sound like I know what I'm talking about. And they like, what you trying to make fun of my language? Or you, you know, that's just right. the thought process that goes through my head. So I'm like, mine ain't gonna say shit. You know, I'm gonna just say, hey, how you doing? You know? Yeah, I, I am. The answer to that question is. I don't. Maybe right. in the future, you know, now that I'm listening back to myself, maybe I'll start, but I'm just, I, I don't. How about you? I mean, clearly it doesn't take you long. <laughs> I just, yeah, that's funny because I'm like the polar opposite of that. I am um, practicing languages. Adesia has me beat. We have a competition of who can say hello, goodbye, my name is, please, thank you, may I have some water, may I use the toilet. Those are like the standards that mm-hmm. we want to say in every language we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that Adesia's learning the Asian languages, you know, she's got me beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple tribal languages over her. Um, but yeah, I th- and it really comes in handy on the cruises. Yeah. Because, we, you know, there's people that work on the cruises that are from the Philippines, Indonesia, um, all kinds of places, but you yeah. know, as soon as I see where you're from, and I'm always asked, you know, and if I don't know, I'll say, how do you greet? In yeah, your I do. And I, yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, and I like it. The only place, and of course, Spanish is my stronger suit, but the only place that um, I really struggled, and I mean, I struggled, I, did, I came back with nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I was there for a week, is when I went to Amsterdam. Mm. That, that Dutch... Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't even read the subway signs, and, mm. and it, it was written with regular language. And I was like, when do we get the Spivey? He was like, Spivey? Yeah. It was S-P-I-E-B-E-Y. You know, they was like, swing? I was like, you know. Yeah, there. You're right. It's, and, it was hard. And you would think all, we travel so much together, you would think that I would pick up on the hi, <laughs> bye, can I have some water with you? But I just be like, tell them, bib. Yeah. <laughs> bib, tell them what we want. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like sometimes it backfires. Like if I call um my friends, like if I call them and like they're at work or something, um like if I call my friends in Botswana and you know the person answers the phone, they say hello. But you know, after you say hello, I say you know kekapabole and the person I want to speak to, and they'll and I know what they're not here sounds like or hold on sounds like but if they say anything other than that you like, like what excuse me <laughs> what was you saying right like oh hold on wait a minute you know don't be fooled i really don't know what i'm talking about right <laughs> you know there's limits to my language However, and that's that's my point that's it, the point of why okay. i don't it's okay. it is but i'm just telling you like for example when i go places and people talk to me like they think that I'm that they think that I'm Spanish and they start talking to me. And I might say one thing because I like, okay, I got you. And I might say one thing, mm-hmm. then it's just all to the races. And it's like, right. But and I don't want to be like, like I don't know. So I just like don't say nothing. Okay. So now, don't say I don't know anymore. Say espacio. That means go slow. Because okay. when you hear the words, they become familiar to you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you was born and raised here. Exactly. <laughs> they become familiar to you. You heard right. it before. Okay, so that's language. 
what was your scariest moment? I know your scariest moment. Um, when I almost burnt up in the bus <laughs> in the safari in Africa. Um, yes, I and mean, it's nothing more scarier than seeing your life flash before your eyes. Uh, so yeah, let me try to make this long story very short. Mm-hmm. Went to South Africa, went to the safari, having a great time. I mean, an awesome time. And we are in the safari, not in the zoo, you know, mm-hmm. no gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in the heart of the safari. It is all kinds of animals just roaming around. Like I'm in my land. I don't know where, what are you doing? You know, and they're not like tranquilized. No, like not at, at all. Zoo, where right. you're like, you they know, in their natural habitat. In their natu- mm. natural habitat, as you said. So we're on the bus. Now, mind you, the bus had been breaking down a lot prior to us getting to the safari. Was it you a know? It was a bus. Like a bus, like a, like a regular bus. Ass bus, like a charter bus. Okay. Right. So the bus had been breaking down. It broke down like seven times. <laughs> and they keep stopping and it's like, oh, we gotta put some water in the bus. So we like, oh, what kind of bus y'all got us on? You know, but we rolling with it. We in South Africa, we having a great time. Roll with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we got to the safari, the bus started smoking again. This the eighth time. Now, the other seven times we were kind of like on the road prior okay. to getting to the safari. You know what I'm saying? The eighth time, we are in the the thick of things in the safari. The bus started smoking. Now, mind you, we was making songs. We was like, the bus breaking down like rats. <laughs> it's like, we doing it up, right? So we were like, is that smoke? And, and and we had broke down so many times, we was like, oh, it ain't smoke. And we just kept talking like, yeah, girl, so what you going to get to eat when we get to the safari? Like that. Then it was like, is that smoke? No, that's not smoke. It's fire. And because, okay, I skipped the major part. When we were getting, when we broke down the seven times, they kept saying real calm, oh, you have to get off the bus. Um, we got to put some water in the bus. You have to get off the bus. We kept getting off the bus. This time, the eighth time, it was like, it went from you have to get off the bus to get the fuck off the bus. Right. <laughs> and so we're running off the bus. The bus is engulfed in flames. You know, all our stuff is on the bus, passports, clothes, video cameras, cameras, just anything you can imagine, money, whatever you ain't have on you was burning up in that damn bus. And we got off of the bus just in the nick of time. I half ass passed out on the side of the road. You looked up. It was an elephant walking. You know, like he was about to come down the damn hill. And all I could think about was I'm in a damn safari about to be trampled by the animal. About to be burnt up. <laughs> then it's not enough to get burnt up. Then you get off, you're getting trampled by an elephant, and don't nobody know where I'm at. Is this, right. you know, wasn't no cell phones. Right. Wasn't, it wasn't no SOS. This was like Castaway. Remember <laughs> Castaway with Tom Hanks? That's how, <laughs> felt. That's how I felt. Yeah. So that was the scariest. That's what you said, right? The scariest mm-hmm. moment. That was the scariest moment of my life we had to walk from the burning bus to a town i don't even know how many miles that was now mind you two days before i didn't climb this damn mountain right now i'm burning up in a bus walking to twenty seven thousand miles to the next town to get on a bus get on the next bus and what happens on the next bus 
It didn't that burn up. That it broke down. Fire too. Oh my no, gosh. It caught on fire. Oh my gosh. Two buses? Two damn buses. And that is the story of how I almost died when I was in South Africa and the scariest moment of my travel. Mm -hmm. What you got? What was the scariest moment (laughs) of your travel? You could top that. (laughs) First of all, that cannot be topped. Before 2017, the scariest moment in travel, and I will never forget it, is when we were in Tortola. And remember, we were going to that beach, and there was no, like, side of the road. Mm -hmm. Like, it was that big, we were in that van, and it was, like, on a cliff. Mm. Like, I was like, we're going to die. That's all I kept thinking, like, and they was like, oh, no, it's fine. And he's going to drive it all over. (laughs) Not drive, zooming. That was so scary to me. And they just acted like it was regular. That was very scary. But in 2017, when I went to South Africa, it was in a safari because we now when you go to safari, they have um and I do like it because it the animals are in their natural habitat and some people are concerned about oh a lion is going to eat me and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it it doesn't happen um unless, you know, because they're they're like their natural circle of life. They're not waiting on humans to eat, you know. Right. They eat a lame animal or they kill, they hunt, whatever. It's like their natural habitat. So they have like um an afternoon safari, a even a sunset safari, mm-hmm. and then an early morning safari. So that you if you take all three, you'll get to see the most animals because some animals come out early in the morning and for the water, start drinking and eating. Some do it in the afternoon and some at night. So we were on the night safari, sunset safari, they called it. And, you know, we're walking, riding around and, you know, the, the jeepy things are like uncovered. They may mm-hmm. have just like a little top, but the sides are uncovered. And all right. that kind of stuff. So. Which I never understood. But go ahead. Right. But they had, um, and it was like a lot of young people happened to be there at the time. Like, you know, college, young college kids or whatever at white Mm-hmm. Um, so an elephant came, walked like right in front of us, and we were like, Oh, wow, like look at that. I mean, it was, and the guy, the driver, he was like, Oh, that's a bull, like it's a man elephant, full grown, whatever. I mean, it was like humongous, mm-hmm. like you know, his whole body blocked our whole view. Of, mm-hmm. Like, it was so close in front of us, so of course, he just stopped the vehicle. Let the elephant walk up a little bit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like inching up, strolling, strolling, strolling. Mm-hmm. So the kids start taking pictures. They're like, oh, my gosh, they get let Now it's nighttime. Right. You know, and they and the elephants on the stroll and they start the flashing. Because right, it literally was a booty call. Right. And, we was, <laughs> and we was cock blocking. And that damn elephant was like, real loud it shook the whole and turned around and start chasing our car because he was going to mate and we was cock blocking i was like oh we're gonna die that's all i kept thinking was i'm gonna be trampled by an elephant but i love elephants yeah elephant i love you like he (laughs) listening to that don't run after us oh my gosh he put that thing in reverse and literally drove like the whole path at least three four miles in reverse (laughs) because that thing and elephants can run what they can they fat as hell (laughs) running (laughs) oh that was scary so that was my scariest moment it was safari but with the animals yeah, scary. Yeah, so cock blocking is very serious in a safari. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's serious out the safari too. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was, yeah, exactly, that was my scariest moment. <laughs> Who are your favorite locals? This is a good question for you because you know how you feel about foreigners. I have an idea who your favorite locals were, but let me see what you say. Is this abroad? I would say the people in Thailand. Oh, okay. What did you think I was going to say? Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, that was cool, too. They was cool, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. They was cool. (laughs) They was cool. But I say Thailand just because I feel like when you travel abroad, you experience so many different things, right? And everybody, out of all of the places I've been, everybody is not open to Americans. They're not, like, welcoming us with Mm -hmm. open arms. You know what I'm saying? But the people in Thailand were so nice. Now, they was nice. They were, like, nice, welcoming. You felt like, hey, with open arms. And I don't really be feeling like that. Right. At all. People. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And I've really felt like that toward them. And it was such a difference from me coming from Hong Kong. Because remember, we went to Hong Kong for a couple of days yeah. and then we went to Thailand. And the experience that I had in Hong Kong was so terrible that I was in my mind, I was negative. And I was right. like, oh, this is how it's getting ready to be. But as soon as we got into Thailand, the people were so kind and nice and, and just nice that I was like, oh, Oh, I love it here. Not like I want to move there, but nice as hell. They were nice people. So, so, so yeah, I would say Thailand for sure. How about you? Because I had some experiences, some places. Let me tell you, so there, I- there, and I had two places there in Spain. Because when I was in Spain, I don't know who the hell they thought I was, but they thought I was somebody. <laughs> and they was treating me so good. I got all kinds of free stuff. Every time we walked mm-hmm. into a store, they was like, hey, come sit here, taste this, come do this. Mm-hmm. We got into the club. We got bottle service. I'm telling my girl, yo, come on, y'all with me. Mm-hmm. Who would you? Them. You know, right. mine just like 12 women. I'm like them. They with us. The guy like, follow me. I I don't know. I felt like they thought I was a celebrity or something. I mean, in my mind, I am. Right. But I'll take it. So so those two places. I definitely would have to say um, Africa. And when I say, I know it's broad, but um, Botswana, for, well, Botswana is my favorite country. And um, South Africa is a little different because the whites are mm, there, you know, but the blacks were, were great, you know. Um, and I went to Morocco that they it wasn't the greatest. But so I but in the homeland were, were the people were especially in Botswana, because that was the first African country I visited. I stayed and I, I first of all, I feel like I have family there. Like if mm-hmm. I went there right now today, I'd be like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have to get a hotel room or anything. And they were like that from the minute I stepped off a plane, you know, and it was so hospitable. And I'm the kind of person I appreciate culture. So even though I stayed in a hotel, a nice hotel, probably the nicest one they have in the city, uh, when I went to other people's home, I did as they did. You know, if you mm-hmm. eat popcorn with your hand and you stop your food, I stopped my food. If you had, you know what I mean, you take off your shoes and walk on the floor to dirt, whatever, then I walked on the floor to dirt. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, I, I'm into culture, so that th- those things didn't bother me. And I think that they really appreciated that. Yeah, I'm I mean? sure that they did. And, and I'm glad that you had that experience because... While I would have loved to have that experience in Africa, that it I have never 
I didn't feel that when I was in Africa. I don't feel that toward, you know, I work for an African country. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that or do I feel that about the people? Mm -hmm. They are very, and and you would think we're all black, we black, Mm -hmm. me and you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Especially when you come to America. We black, baby. It's right. just it's us. They feel like we're so different. And and right. that really that was such a shock to me mm-hmm. because I was like, Yeah, girl, hey, black people. And right. they're like, mm-mm, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-mm. You know, and and that and that really just really shocked me. Right. And it put a just a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, wow. Why would you be like this? You understand right. what I'm saying? It just is like, so I'm glad you had a great experience. Is yeah, the point. That was totally not my experience. And it was funny because you know how <laughs> us fake ass people, we'd be like, girl, if you ever in town, look me yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Right. And we, A, we really don't be meaning that. B, if we do mean it, it's like, we'll meet you out for drinks. Right. You know, <laughs> not like come to my house. Exactly. So, but they really mean it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, hey, come or oh, you're not coming over. You know, they really like they taught me how to be how to receive hospitality mm-hmm. because I was always like, Oh no, no, thank you, no, I don't need it, you know, stuff like that. And they're like, No, like that's what they do. And when you yeah. say no, it offends them. Yes. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I had totally great experiences there. And one of my friends, he he comes to the United States often and he's the president's pilot. So whenever the United Nations meets or whatever, he flies over. And um, sometimes I'll go up, like if he parks the, it, and it's funny because he talks about the airplane like it's a car. You know, mm-hmm. I parked in Teterboro. You know, you want to come, you know, Teterboro's about an hour and a half away. And so, you know, I would go up there because all he is is the driver, literally. So once mm-hmm. he lands and then he has to be at the plane by a certain time to get ready for takeoff to go back. So, um one time we went out, it, it was he's the pilot and the crew, whatever. We went to a TGI Fridays, and I like those fried green beans. Mm-hmm. And I asked if I could have it as a side with my meal. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I guess you can, but it's extra. They're going to charge you extra. And I was like, okay, I want it. And he was like, Bobby, that is the first time I've seen you act like an American. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was so funny. Like, I probably wouldn't have did that there. Yeah, that's how we roll here. Right. Like, I said I want the green beans. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but that was like, um, the locals are very, very, very hospitable, and I love it. So, what have you done anywhere that was beyond the tourist trap? Oh, this was when I was younger, because clearly I wouldn't be doing this today. But we went to the Bahamas. Um, to celebrate the birthday like we do. But this was before I even met one of my girlfriends that has the same birthday. This was just like me and Julia. And one of her girlfriends came. And um, we met these guys. We met two different sets of guys. One, we met these guys. And they was like, oh, um, you know, we're going to take you to, because we wanted to go to Atlantis. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like when you go to Atlantis, you got to pay. Right. To, to be able to go all through yeah, it. Right. You could just kind of like go through a little part of it for free. But if you want to go all through it. So we met them and they was like, we want to take you to Atlantis. And we like, OK. And so they came and got us. We went mm-hmm. with them, which is something that I wouldn't do today. We actually went with them and then they took us all through Atlantis. You know, like Atlantis got a lot of tunnels. It has a lot of like little stuff. Then we mm-hmm. went to like this club with them and it was just 
off the beaten path. Let right. me say that. Atlantis was kind of like the beaten path. Even if uh-huh. you get in one of them tunnels, they got security somewhere. But when we went to that little club, that was off the beaten path. Then we met this other guy walking down the road. We was coming from Fish Fry in Bahamas, walking down the road. We was like, let's just walk back to our hotel, see some sights or whatever. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You know how I feel right. about walking. So <laughs> we met this guy. And crazy thing is, his name was Maya. We said, what's your name? He said, Maya. He was driving in this Hummer. And he was like, y'all want to ride? We was like, yeah. We got in his car. He what? took us exactly. He took us all through. You know how we had that uh, tour with Dwayne? How he mm-hmm. like really oh took God. us on a yes. tour of New right. Orleans. He took us on a real tour of the Bahamas and we let him. That was like crazy for me. Cause just to get in somebody, a stranger's car, you know, stranger danger. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And and so that was just like on some, I don't know what we was doing that trip. We was doing it the hell up. And thank God we returned back to the hotel and nothing was wrong and everything was all right. And we had a good time, but yeah, it was definitely off the beaten path because mm-hmm. we was in the neighborhoods. Do you hear me? The right. neighborhoods, that's- you know, but it was a good time. Yeah, that. but that's what I like, though. I like, um, I've done that a lot. I think you could do it then. I don't know if you could do it now. I think right. the world is, we talking about, I mean, I've been living here almost 11 years. So we're talking about 11, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. The world was a different place than it is in 2019. It really is. Even anywhere. I think the right. world is different everywhere. I think it's just the times that we live in. It's like feels like damn near like the end of times. I, I don't so. think that is so different. I think that yeah. there, are, there are good and bad people everywhere. Yeah. And I think for the most it's part. more bad people, people coming out. Yeah. But I think for the most part, people are good and they want to be hospitable, right? And they want to be hospitable and they want to show you their country. They're proud of what they have. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we do. This is fun. They want to introduce culture to other people. So, you know, yes, there are some bad apples, you know, horrible, horrible people even. But I don't think that they should outshadow the other people. I think the... um, the beyond the tourist traps, and and this is an adventure for me. This is not even you know in, international. This is domestic. Mm-hmm. When I go, like when we go to New Orleans and we start hitting the bars, the hood bars and stuff yeah. like that, you know, because we were born and raised in the hood. You know what I mean? And I Our feel hood. like exactly. I feel like you know I survived my own hood. Yeah. Not to get killed in somebody else's. You're you know? Right. <laughs> but. I always want to go. Yeah, and we always have a good <laughs> and we time. We always have a good time. That's yeah. right. That's so, where you meet the best people. You get the best, best food. food. You get exactly. the poisoning you with the drinks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, it is. So that's my usually my beyond tourist trap type thing. Okay. So, what's your favorite meal, girl? I know. Who has the best food, girl? I just don't know. I, that's hard for me as a foodie. I think that's very hard for me because it depends on, I don't know. I can't say. I really can't say. The best, wait, is this the best meal I've ever had or the best food? Either one. In general. The best meal I've ever had on travel was also in Africa. And it was in, mm-hmm. it wasn't traditional food. It was steak. But really what it was, was we went to what would be considered a five-star steakhouse here. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
with prime cut meat, something that we would pay for. Like if we went to Mastro's and we got, you know, easily, easily, you're going to spend, you know, $300, right? right? Easily. And that's for me and you. And that's with like appetizers, a couple drinks in the meal, right? right. Side dishes. Easy. We could spend that shit. I just spent uh, just a hundred and freaking uh, $60 per person when I went out with my girlfriend the other week, you know what I'm saying? At a steakhouse. So it's easy to spend that. We went and we had that type of meal and it was in us dollars. It was like 20 bucks. Wow. So it was like, I couldn't believe it. I kept saying like, <laughs> how much is it? And then, you know, they had ran. And so in ran, it, it felt like a right. lot. Like it felt like, oh, it's a million dollars. But right. like when you calculated, it, it was like 20 bucks a person. And I was like, this is unbelievable to me. And it was good and succulent and the meat yeah. was tender. And it was just like, mm. This sounds like a this sounds like an excerpt from Fat Girl Chronicles. I mean, saying. it is, it is, it is what it is. I was a lot thinner then, so I could eat and say, mm, you know. And then the other place that I think has the best food in general, um, I'm gonna go with. Oh my god, I'm gonna go with I don't know. I'm gonna go with maybe New Orleans. Because I, it, you know, they have that New Orleans style food, oh. but it's. It's just a variety, the flavors, the texture of the food, just like, mm, man, I'm charboiled oysters, a poor boy. It just, you can get the simplest thing and it's like, yeah, damn, what is this, a Ritz? Man. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's like, you can get chips and you're like, these chips good yeah. as hell. What is these, voodoo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I would say that. Yeah, I, I think um, for it, the only thing in, in New Orleans is that the food is a little heavier. It is. So no, um, <laughs> it, it, it's heavy. And so, but I really like Barcelona's food. Yeah, those tapas was good. And I like because I can order, I can eat a lot of different things in one setting because they do the tapas. And everything was so distinctly, differently flavorful. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a plate full of little dishes. Mm-hmm. And I was just happy as a pig in slop. I said, and everything was so good. Like, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. You know who else has great, 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 great food? Portugal. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The little mom and pop kitchen restaurant. Mm-hmm. Woo, girl. Hungry. I- <laughs> So I I would have to say I don't know that that is hard because you know you got New Orleans Barcelona Lisbon they were all great. Have you you don't try strange foods do you? Yeah, all the time. What did you try? The strangest food that I had and it's not even strange but it was strange for me at the time was lamb and then so maybe you. I really did I'm, no I'm, listen seriously no this Wait. is serious and I'm gonna tell you why. Cause so maybe Africa was like my best place to visit shit because everything's about Africa. Hey, when no, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Prior to me going there, I had never had lamb. It was never just like on my to do list. I I didn't I didn't I never. How had, was that lamb is in the grocery store here? That's not strange. It's, it's just because you didn't have it. What I'm trying to say. Well, you said what is my well my strangest meals was definitely in Thailand because we was right. eating shit that eating? I was like, what is this a bug? You oh, know. You ate that? I didn't, but I definitely ate some stuff that was like, 
Y'all might have snuck a bug in on me and called it something else. You know what I'm saying? But it was a good ass bug. Let me just say that. The beetle was slamming. Um, but I'm saying lamb just because when I went to Africa, we went to our tour guide's house, his wife fixed us this big feast. And they had these little um they they was like little pockets. And they were stuffed with uh, meat and potato and spices. And I was, when I tell you tearing them up, I kept saying, God damn, this is good. I'm going to get another one. Oh, I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get another one. So I was like, what is this? I want to try to recreate this when I get home. And they was telling me what it is. And they said, it's lamb. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm eating lamb. And when I went out back, because that's where they was just like having the festivities. When I went outside, they were slaughtering the damn lamb and putting it yes. on the grill. And yes. they were fixing them little pockets. Yes. So to me, I was like, God, yes. I'm eating. this is what I'm eating. And they was yes. like, yeah, that's what you're eating. Uh-huh. So this lamb right here. Right. right. This, the one, see him, he was, was alive, now he dead. Right. Yeah, he was, you know, that was his brother. <laughs> now it's his turn. And I just felt like, and I never felt bad, you know, I like, know. I never felt bad, like, oh, my God. But when I seen it, I was like, <laughs> so y'all ain't going to pasteurize this or nothing? Even yeah. though it don't get pasteurized, meat, I don't know if meat gets pasteurized, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So to me, that was strange. You gonna say lamb because it's here? Yeah, but it was strange to me at the time. Well, I did have um, we there was a wedding and um, at the wedding, you know, for however every however many people come into the reception, they just count the people and I think it's like every fifty people or something they kill another cow, you know. That's and you they they kill it, they skin it, they put it on the burner right there, like so. That's what I'm eating. So um, and I remember over there, but still, I was like, they was like Bobby, Bobby. That is for the men. You, I said, look, I'm American. I ain't never seen no shit like this before in my life. And I stood there and watched the whole thing. The little boys take place. You know, they hold the legs up so they can skin it real fast and everything. Because it's got to get on the grill quick. You got people there that's hungry. That's what you know I'm saying. So, um, and I was like, oh, is that the porterhouse? Yeah, give me that. Yeah, give me that. That cut. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but to me, that, that's not strange. Like, I did go to the store. Like, did you go to the store and you see, like, they have the, um, you know how you go to our bodega, they got the Lay's, the Tostitos, the corn chips, yes. the cheese, and then they had bugs like that. Bugs in Thailand. The, well, they had it in, in Africa, to, in Malawi. I was in Malawi. Mm-hmm. So they had it in Malawi. They have, like, you know, brown bugs and then bigger black bugs and then maybe some beetle. Just on the stand, you know, like, like chips. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't eat that shit. Right. Uh, but <laughs> well, so what was the strangest thing that you ate? I think. Okay, so there's a Korean dish mm-hmm. that they and then on top of it, I forgot what it's called, but on at the end of, they cook it all up and everything, and it's tasty. And at the end, they garnish it with, or they just put it on top of when they serve it. They put a live baby octopus on top. So when they serve it to you, the octopus comes to your table, still doing the wave and everything. Eventually, it dies from the steam from the dish <laughs> when it comes to your table. And you see your face right now? <laughs> you see your face right now? That's why they never like to serve Americans. I'm because they do stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, but that's their, that's a traditional dish that they make. So I do eat octopus, but I've never eaten anything that came to the table alive. Yeah. And then ate it. But it was like, you know, steamed octopus. It was pretty good. I forgot what the name of the dish was. But I tried it. It was good. Yeah, but I, I, never, I didn't eat any bugs. 
I ate ostrich, but I'm eating ostrich here in the United States. I've too. had ostrich, yeah, and you, I never knew an ostrich made that one egg made so many damn eggs. I yeah. said, Lord, the ostrich it was, was like, like, a chance in Africa. I mean, they use the ostrich feathers, the ostrich, because they use it for tribal dresses. The ostrich feathers. They use the skin. They use the beak. They use the shell of the egg. They eat the egg. They eat the meat. You know, they make canes out the legs of the bones. I mean, uh, ostrich. They use every part of the ostrich in Africa for everything. Like an ostrich don't stand a chance. I'm sorry, but I've eaten ostrich meat before, even here. But that I think that dish, that Korean dish, was like that was nothing's ever come before me like still moving like hey how you doing you won't eat me for real right i mean i think the closest thing i ever came is like a crab or a lobster you know when you put it in the pot because they'd mm-hmm. be alive but so that was the strangest thing what was the most insightful thing a local has ever said to you i can't remember what i did yesterday and you want me to remember that i you i have um, experiences i remember like I have experiences too. I think when we were in Thailand, a lady, she talked to me a lot about one of the people like at the food vendors on like a street vendor, you -hmm. know, she talked to us about, cause I was like, everybody's so nice here. You know, it's just so nice. And she said, I don't remember exactly what she said, but to paraphrase it, basically what she was saying was, it's no reason not to be nice. When you put out nice, nice comes back to you. And it's no reason not to be nice. And that probably was the most profound thing that I can remember. I I don't know if it was so profound, but for a person who was just like, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm trying to get that way. You know what I'm saying? But my first thought is not like, oh, let me be nice to everybody. Right. You know, I definitely have that East Coast thing going on. Like, what the fuck you looking at? I definitely have that going on in my life. So for her to say that, it was like, wow, that's true. You know, it's just like, give positivity, think positive, and you'll be a positive person. It's the same damn thing. Even though I don't know, because I ain't been that nice since I am. I can't. I ain't been adopting the Thailand lifestyle, so I really think about that. But you experience things. I don't remember. I can paraphrase everything, but I don't remember exactly what people told me. I don't know. I don't remember what you said to me the other day. I, you know, I just my memory is not set up like that unless it comes to school, and then then it has to be because until you pass the test. Yeah. And then you don't remember. At all. But I'm a pass. (laughs) You know, I'm going to get the degree. I paid for it. You know. How about you? Um, I think the most insightful thing that someone's ever said to me, and it wasn't even like a affirmation or anything like that. What it did was it, it made me realize that even if we speak the same language, Mm -hmm. we still have language barriers. Mm. You know what I mean? So it 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 kind of changed the way I traveled to other places because I'm gonna tell you I I struggle sometimes in Boston. With mm. that. Would you like something for the buy? I was like, what? Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I do struggle a little bit in Boston, but I was in um we were going out and I was this was in Botswana, and um we were going out. It was like five or six of us in the car. No, like four or five of us in the car. A couple people up front. A couple people in the back. And um, a song came on, and I really liked the song. I don't remember what it was. But a song came on. I was like, oh, this is my song. Turn it up. Right? And, like, nobody did anything. I wasn't sitting up front, but nobody did anything. They just kept on with the conversation. Like, I didn't even say anything. Like, mm-hmm. nothing, you know. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe they don't listen to loud music in the car in Africa or something. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I just never paid it no mind. We just kept on going because we were going out anyway. 
Um, we were going to shake ten with a girl. Mm. Anyway, so maybe like a couple miles down the road, two, three songs down the line, another song came on, and my friend was like, "Oh, I like this one. Increase the volume." No. <laughs> and, they, and they turned it up. I was like, oh. "Oh, so that's what I had to say." Exactly. So you and ain't hear me. That- Right, and that made me realize that even though we speak the same language, I understood what she said, mm-hmm. but like turn it up doesn't register to them at all. Or mm-hmm. I'm in line doesn't register to them at all. Or you know that even though we speak the same language, you really have to find your language. Mm-hmm. And the words that we learned in third and fourth grade that we never thought was going to be anything. What are you doing? I'm queuing. That's what I'm doing. Um, so we have to find that language in order even to communicate in English in other places. Um, but I thought that was funny. I was like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's going to turn her song up but not mine? Exactly. Oh, okay. She was like, increase. The, and they were like, um, I need to go to the, like, may I use the bathroom? Because mm-hmm. their toilet is separate from the bath from the bathing room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they'll direct you to where they take baths, to a shower or a tub, and not the toilet. Because mm-hmm. they call it the toilet. The toilet. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, like, the most insightful thing I learned, is that even when you speak English, you have to really use English. So this is the last question. Is there any place that you would revisit over and over or live? Um, Probably live if I, I i probably wouldn't live anywhere even though we have all of this craziness going on in america and i can get free health care somewhere else i probably wouldn't live anywhere but if i had to choose i would probably say aruba um i could live in aruba if i had to go with an island because it's like it's americanized you know they have a lot of this things that we have here. Uh, It really, truly is one happy island. The people are very nice and welcoming. Um, I did not feel that it was a lot of Like, I feel like when you go to a lot of the other islands, it's a lot of poverty, right? And so because it's a lot of poverty, you get people and they are impoverished. So they're like, you know, begging or or, or things like that, just like we would get here. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just no, it ain't no difference. But when you're on like vacation, I, I don't always want to experience that. And it's hard to see because it's just like how I feel about here. Like, it's hard to, you know, I grew up impoverished living in an impoverished area so i mean i know the i know it and it's hard to see it was hard to see growing up and it's hard to see other places um but i didn't see a lot of that there and the the weather you know the homes were nice it was just like a good like if i had to choose somewhere i said ah you know what i could live here and i can visit there over and over i meet people that go to Aruba all the time. Every person that you ever meet that has been to Aruba, they be like, oh yeah, I've been to Aruba 55 times. Exactly. This is my 56th time. And exactly. it's like, what? Yeah. Why the hell are you going somewhere exactly. so much like that? Yeah. But when, when you, you go, go yeah. you can understand it because it really truly is one of them kind of places like, you know what? I could go back there, do the same thing, see the same people, you know, just chill because it really just is like a chill place. I didn't feel that it was like a real big party place, but it wasn't really like nothing to do. It was, you know, it was just like a 
a good place. So I would say, yeah, I would say Aruba if I had to pick a place. You know, I was always going to say Hawaii, even though it's America. But then milk was seven dollars a gallon when I was there. And I said, oh, I can't live here. <laughs> I don't have enough. You know, I don't have enough to live here. <laughs> Well, um, I definitely, definitely concur with you about Aruba. If there was ever a place, hands down, and before before I went to Aruba the first time, I would have said, I would say Botswana, because I always used to say, I'm going to buy a house in Pakalani. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because I really do like Botswana, but when I, and my aunts are one of the people that has been there 55 million times, mm-hmm. and she they go every year for the same two weeks every year, and then they go more times sometimes mm-hmm. um, and I kept saying you know because I travel and I was like I see why do y'all keep going back to Aruba and they took me as a graduation gift when I graduated from nursing school and I got there on a Sunday that Monday they kept calling the room like are you okay I was like I'm fine I stayed in the room all day Monday researching how I could live there yeah (laughs) like i was never going back i was i was going to settle my affairs over the phone like you take this you do that put the house on the market you know like i was never coming back but they don't want they want your money like you could be a tourist but you can't live there Mm. unless you're independently wealthy because you cannot own a business in aruba unless you are aruba born or your parents were aruba born and your family still lives there or you married somebody who was Aruba born, you've been married for at least five years and living on the island for at least three. Mm. You can't be a nurse in Aruba unless you speak fluent Dutch. And mm. you know my problem is <laughs> right. that that wasn't gonna work for me. You can, So there's, I couldn't work, like there's no livelihood. But I love Aruba, I, everybody speaks four languages. They speak Papiamento, Spanish, English, and Dutch. Mm-hmm. They're not, there's not a lot of poverty. The weather is excellent 365 days of the year. It is um, just enough party for me, you mm. know what I mean? Just enough not to be boring. Uh, it's beautiful. Ar- people that are from Aruba are beautiful, Afrocentric people. Um, yeah, I, I, I concur 110%. I, I love Aruba. And the fact that, even the fact that they don't want me, it doesn't stop me from going. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm still coming. I'm, I'm still coming. here. And, and speaking of which, because, you know, Memorial Day, they have the Aruba Music Festival. Yeah, we're I going was next, saying that I want to go down no, there. We're going. Yeah. It's we're so going. expensive. We're going to book it when we go we there in July. We're going to go to the Marriott and book it we our room at the Marriott when we go there in July. And, and, you know, I go to Aruba every year for my birthday, too. And I go alone. That's mm-hmm. my, my birthday trip. I go alone. And I, I go to Aruba. So um, so now our summers will be starting Memorial Day instead of 4th of July. So yeah. we'll have to tack that on. We'll have to, um, you know. I'm going to shake something. Some. I, let me tell you something. If, if shaking something was paying, I'd already be shaking. And me I'd probably too. slim. And I'd probably no. slim. But I digress. Anyway, <laughs> I agree. Aruba and before I went to Aruba I thought I could live in Africa I probably could stay in Africa for an extended amount of time I don't know if I could live mm-hmm. there so that was it so a lot of people were asking us about talk asking us to talk about travel because they think that we're jet setters and we go all kinds of places and everything mm-hmm. and 
I mean, there's certainly a whole lot more places that I would like to go. And beyond what we spoke about on this podcast, we've been to many other places. They just didn't make the cut clearly. Right. <laughs> they didn't make the top, you know, tier of travel. But I um I agree with you 100%. People do think that we're uh jet setters and I think that that's a great compliment because we do love to travel. I will say about travel and wrapping up that it truly is um needed in my life. You know, I'm a kind of person that when I get on, I stress out a lot about life and I have a lot of g- going on in life. But when one thing that I never do is stress on travel. I really truly do enjoy every moment of it and I live in the moment. So when I get on the plane, it feels like all the stress just goes from my body and then I go on a trip and I have a great time and then when I'm coming home, when it's time to come home and I get on that plane, it feels like all the stress is like, hello, I gave you a week, girl, you know, and that's all I gave you, but I'm back. But I appreciate you stress for leaving when I do go somewhere. So for a person like me, traveling is much needed. And I will say, if you are able do it. Do not think that you cannot do these things. People say to us all the time, oh, I don't see how you do it. You always here. You always there. Plan. If you plan ahead, you can do anything that you want to do. And, and people do do anything that they want to do. When you spend in that extra money on whatever it is, put $5 aside, even if you can't travel for two years, you know, but you got a trip planned out and you're going to do it in the second year of saving, just do it. Go out there and experience life. It's a lot of life to experience. And did you have anything else? No, that was really nice. That was profound, Maya. So Every time again, it comes to me. And <laughs> Go ahead and get on out of here for this week. We hope that you enjoyed us telling you all about all of the great places that we've been. Um, like the B said, there's so much more to see, and we hope to get to those. Remember that an all new episode drops each and every Monday. Find the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow the show on all social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Be sure to follow me on my personal Twitter. It's MyMy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at the Amina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and comment uh, on the podcast and share the podcast. Share it with Friends, family, strangers, tell somebody to tell somebody about We Did That Shit podcast. And we will be here same time next week. Remember, be great this week. Get some stamps in your passport. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. You too. (laughs) See how upbeat I was this week? You were. You talk about travel. (laughs) 